0: To have you back. Another hour yet to go. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, our own Mike Clemens, Packer Reporter, Embed, Guru, God Among Men, Stunt Man in Adult Films. Mike Clemens does it all. He's going to be joining us coming up here in just a little bit. Stay tuned for that as we wrap up the final hour of our week long packers bears week broadcast i got an email here uh this is from uh, Dwayne listening to us in oconomowoc says uh, hey unit you know, thanks for some of the names and some of the scouts where can i find the full list i'd like to know who is scouting for the green bay packers by the way you were right there's a ton of chinese porn on twitter <laughs> goodness <laughs> that's, that's Dwayne in oconomowoc listening on the big 920 out of milwaukee um duane oh, my you god just, the stream right? of constant <laughs> chinese porn is amazing. <laughs> and i all say this. I don't know if it's Chinese porn. I don't know what that writing is. I only looked at it and thought it was Chinese. I could be wrong. I could be stereotyping this whole thing erroneously. So if I am, I apologize. But if you follow, because uh, on, on Twitter, or on TweetDeck, TweetDeck, where you can go and follow different hashtags. Uh, Bucks, Badgers, Brewers, Packers, all that stuff. In the Bucks page, uh, it, there's a lot of it. I delete it all every day, block a lot of them every day, and they just keep popping up. So I don't know if it looks like Chinese porn, but I, I don't know, just to be clear. Um, we, all you got to do is just uh, go to the Packers website or just Google it, I guess. You could probably just say Packers scouting department or something like that, and it'll tell you. There's a whole listing on the Packers website of everybody in the front office, and then when you get into the player personnel side, the whole list of, of scouts is right there. So, you know, if you really want to go in that direction. You can, so uh, porn bots too, right, John? The porn bot, oh, the porn bots are actually over on the. I didn't even see it. So thank you for alerting me to the fact over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, it, they must have heard us talking about them. Came up today, right there. It happened. Had to block them. There you go. Block a bunch on the daily. Porn bots showing up. <laughs> Uh, this is from Jason listening to us in Door County. He says, if Matt LaFleur insists on keeping Joe Barry, would that be the end of Matt LaFleur? Ooh. If, I, I would have to think yes. If, I, that's a great question. If Matt LaFleur would insist on keeping Joe but now, he, I, th- this is the way it would be the end of Matt LaFleur, is if he insists on keeping Joe Barry and Brian Gudekinst wants to say, no, nah, maybe not, he's out. He's had a couple of years. It's got progressively worse. I gave him good talent. And what he saw is what we've been seeing is, you know, second and short, third and short, you know, your 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 defense is on the field far too long and you're dying a death by a 1,000 cuts rather than big over-the-top plays. And the aggressiveness just doesn't seem to be there. Yes. And if Brian Goodican says, Joe Barry's gone, and Matt LaFleur says, I will die on that hill and keep Joe Barry, then that could be the beginning of the end for Matt LaFleur. Yes, I would assume so. What
1: if that same scenario plays out, but the quarterback?
0: You mean that the quarterback would want to fire or keep Matt LaFleur? No, no. In theory, if Matt LaFleur
1: wanted to be taught, like if Matt LaFleur said, no way we could trade Rodgers. But Goody wants to, or vice versa.
0: Oh. Um, I think there's more flexibility there because you're at you 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 you're assuming then that the coach looks is looking at wins and losses and the win and the now that we can do this. You know, uh, he, and, and probably he's been evaluating both sides of talent for a while and knows that wins and losses are you know ultimately what's going to get him. Uh, another contract extension or get him fired. And chances are he's looking at... If that happens, he's looking at Jordan Love going, yeah, this guy's not going to get me the wins. And after coming off a really bad season, we get rid of Aaron Rodgers, I go with Jordan Love, and I'm not winning games again. And this is... We all know this is Goody's first-round pick. Now I'm going to be out the door after this. So he could fight for that because he may know something. But, uh, boy, I... It would certainly be a breath of fresh air, wouldn't it? As opposed to the quarterback not being on the same page with the head coach. The the power dynamic within
1: the organization is just right. It's quite fascinating because, as I said it, yesterday, I think you're not going to find that anywhere else in the NFL.
0: Maybe in Tampa Bay. Maybe in Tampa Bay. Uh, other than that, I don't think you're going to. I don't think you're gonna, you know, when you start that me, um, I don't even think Patrick Mahomes carries that kind of swag. You know what I mean? No, and Andy Reid is at a different stature of coach as Lafleur,
1: and Todd right. Bowles isn't even Bruce Arians. Todd Bowles didn't bring in Rodgers. so right, like, right, you would feel that Brady might be definitely above Bowles.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think here. Josh Allen, no. Uh, You know, for as good as he is, he doesn't have that swag. Um, uh, Dak has a pretty good relationship with Jerry. Uh, Mark says, what about Cincinnati? No, no, Joe Burr. Nobody's telling the Brown family what to do. Nobody. I will say this. Ever since Mike Brown has really relinquished his stronghold on that organization to his kids who have now kind of taken it over, Katie Brown and and the host of others, uh, they've done a lot of really positive things. So even though Mike Brown is technically still the owner and still, quote, in charge, it's he's passed it along. Because I said my parting shot, my last day on 700 WLW, walking out of Cincinnati before I got hired here and moved into the state of Wisconsin in 1999, was as long as Mike Brown is the owner of that team, they will never win a Super Bowl. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago as he started to, you know, because he's, God, he, I don't know how old he is. Mike Brown's been around forever. And because uh, remember that shot of him last year in the uh, owner's suite at SoFi Stadium during the Super Bowl? He looked like a homeless guy broke into the stadium. He's 87. He's, okay, so, yeah, he's 87 years old. So he's kind of relinquished a lot of the, uh, the power over to the family for that team. But, no, Joe Burrow doesn't have that kind of swag. Um, and I really Patrick, – Patrick Mahomes would probably be the only other guy that I could say would carry that kind of – well, <laughs> Jason, you're right. He says, what about Deshaun Watson? Because <laughs> Haslam's an idiot. So Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, has a little bit of say, only for the fact that he's got, what, $250 million guaranteed. So he's going to have a little bit of say there, and Haslam's an idiot, the owner of that team. So, yeah, there. But that's it. There's nobody else in the National Football League that has – the say so, the power, the knowledge, the ear of the front office now, uh, like Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, he's sitting in a premier catbird seat. So uh, I, um, that that's just you know, my thought.
1: Yeah, I think there's a difference between those that make all the money that clearly could have that a coach could go mm-hmm. before they go. Mahomes and yeah. Deshaun Watson could be two of them, but they don't have the influence in in the front office. I figure.
0: Um, tidbit says, could you ever see uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing his fists in the air and then screaming at Andy Reed coming off of the field? No, but he got into a, a shouting match with Eric B Remember that Andy Reed kind of went over and broke up and Eric Bieniemy is like Andy Reed's right hand man. So remember they did get into that argument earlier this year, but it was like immediately. I mean, Patrick Mahomes came out and said, Hey, we're just competing we're screaming at each other cuz we want to be heard. We're just competing. I mean he was the first guy to come out and diffuse it. He didn't go, "Well, you know, it gets heated on the sideline." Uh, you know, he didn't give us any deeply philosophical crap. He just came out and said, "Nope, nothing to see here. Go away. We just love competing." And then just kind of like, I love this guy. I love his innovation. I love working with Andy and and Eric and I mean, he went on and on and on about it. So, it, that was a that was a uh, that was a a, a highlight on Good morning, football, and get up, and on ESPN, and and all in Fox. That was a highlight that morning. And by the afternoon, it was diffused. It was done. There was nothing more to see here. Please move on. He did a great job at it. Uh this was from Ari, who says, uh, "Shout out, unit! You need one of those big TNF hats." Did you see the the the, the big uh, Thursday night football hats they wear? The big baseball cap to the uh, to the winner. That they give out after the game, Ben? I was far,
1: far asleep by that point, but I've seen pictures. I'm uh, much I, against it.
0: Uh, I am not a big hat fan. If I did get a big hat, though, I most likely would wear it. I don't know where, but I think I would. I, I don't know where, but I think I would. Uh, I, I think I would have – I'd probably wear it like going to restaurants and uh, if you remember, uh, there was an episode of The Big Bang Theory where Raj walks into the comic book store and he's got the sweater on that's got a speaker in the middle of it and he's got the little controller and he's playing these this ominous music and he's announcing his presence with authority. I, I'd do that. I'd walk into restaurants and stuff with that big ass hat on, maybe speakers sticking out of the hat. I'd I do that. I didn't take you as a Big Bang Theory guy. Oh, I love Big Bang Theory. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yep. 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 Big Bang Theory all over the joint. Big time. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I that's because there's like things that I turn on at night when I go to bed that I, I listen to and watch and all that kind of stuff. And that's one of them. You know, so I'll turn yeah. that on. Um, some of this stuff is older, you know, just because it's mindless. But I'm not a person to. I will sit down and like watch like Datelines and such. Um... Stuff like that, but beyond that, I'm usually kind of the kind of the Big Bang Theory guy, or um, I used to watch like Seinfeld, Cheers. i um, you know um, just uh, just sitcoms sitcoms that are mindless that make me laugh or giggle a little bit. It's just easy to just kind of turn them on and and drift. There you go. I just, uh, for those that didn't see it, I-, I posted it over on Twitter. I just tweeted it. I'm liking a big hat. Big Thursday night football hat. There you go. <laughs> see God. that? I'd yeah, I wear that into a restaurant. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. I'd be like, I'll have a hamburger and a Bud Light. And then I would have announced my presence with authority. I want a speaker out of the top of it, though, so I could play music. You're already taller head. than everybody, you know? Yeah. So what's yeah. the point of the oh, hat? that? Oh, w- that would make me like nine feet two, though. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. That'd be awesome. If I could find some, you know, some Kiss-style boots where they would add another five to six inches of height to me, oh, I'd just I'd be like Shaq walking through the door. It'd be great. <laughs> Oh, 877 Let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Mike Clemens is going to join us. We've got to bring Mike in. And uh, we'll kind of wrap up uh, through the next three segments, uh, our Packers-Bears Week preview. Do not forget, again, we are going to be Sheridan Grand Hotel in the Riverwalk coming up this weekend down in Chicago. Come on by and say hello. It's the Green and Gold Postgame Show. Nobody gives it to you better. Mike Clements going to be live from inside Soldier Field. We're going to the game. Then afterwards, I'm booking over. I'll be uh, setting up and doing the program right there inside the Shy Bar, inside the Sheridan Hotel. Come on by and say hello. Would love to have you shake a hand. Uh, maybe we'll even imbibe a little bit together before it's all said and done. But come on by and say hello. It's all brought to you by Bud Light. It's the Green and Gold Postgame Show right here on many of these same network, network stations, and on our great partners with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch TV, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and on Google Podcasts as well. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin Sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Baby, don't you wanna go? Back to
2: the play, my sweet home, Chicago. Rogers
3: snaps it quick, pressure coming, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs. And- is inside the pylon. Touchdown Packers.
0: It's Rodgers running for the score. Right on cue, Joe.
4: He had some choice words there for the crowd. Sometimes you black out on the field. In a good way. I looked up in the stands and in the front row, all I saw was a woman giving me a double bird. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure exactly what
2: came out of my mouth next. There you go.
0: I own you. I still own you. Love Sweet Home Chicago, though, but the Blues Brothers. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Good to have him back. Our buddy Mike Clemens now joining us uh, on the hotline. And, Mike, uh, that is something I'm sure every Bears fan remembers. They're never going to forget until uh, Aaron Rodgers is completely gone and out of the Green Bay Packers organization, right?
3: i got news for you billy the uh chicago bears don't forget it either yep um, we we talked to jalen johnson he's a defensive back he remembers the i still own you aaron yelling that up in the you know south end zone and so he was asked yesterday do you ever think that uh, aaron Rodgers would sit out a bears game with a rib injury or a thumb injury I
1: mean I never had a doubt he wasn't going to play. I mean he's he's that type of guy. He's always going to find a way to get in there and play, especially a game like this on um, the robbery game and I mean it's- Talker, honestly, I mean he just like he said last time he came here, you are saying he owned us and talking to the fans a certain way. So I mean he just he just a real fierce competitor. Um and like at the end of it we gotta find a way to get that taste out of our mouth as well. I mean you gotta you gotta put it in action to be able to stop a talker like that. You like playing fierce competitors? Oh hundred percent, yeah now nah, he, he he's a good he's a good one. He's one of the best in the league for sure at talking and backing it up.
0: So you know Aaron rodgers I mean he he knows what he said and and how he said it and who he said it to and I mean this is uh, this has always been something meaningful to him going way back even before he was the starter under center
3: well players are always trying not to put up bulletin board material, but this thing is classic and we're standing at Aaron's locker frankly because we're thinking about all the things that this Four and eight Packers team are looking at with injuries and who's going to play and who can and how Rodgers is going to do this. Should Jordan Love do this? And I'm standing and say, wait, I said, wait. This is our first time back to Soldier Field, right? Since uh, I it's own you, time- <laughs> so, right. so That's why when Aaron came to his locker, I asked him that. I asked him this question. It's your first time back since you had that little confrontation in the south end zone. <laughs> And some of the women and their gestures. I
4: mean, is that another? And thing? men too. You yeah, mean, men too. <laughs> no, let's not blame everything on the women, okay? Come
3: no. so, you know, you Start I, with the Bible, rather, right? Probably want to put another chapter in that. In playing
4: at Soldier Field. Yeah, I've enjoyed the rivalry over the years and been a part of uh, a ton of these games. I think I've, you know, been in 18 years plus a playoff game. This is the 37th. Uh, you know, I'll be a part of, and I've enjoyed all of them. It's a great rivalry. Been around for a long, long time. Happy to be on this side of it. Um, but a lot of good memories at Soldier Field.
0: Mike, uh, you know, look, uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers, you know, loves playing against the Bears and loves the rivalry side of things. You're just not playing for a whole lot right now other than just trying to stay mathematically alive. So I know that there's been a lot of talk this week about, well, you know, if you lose this game or if all of a sudden you're eliminated what next but i you know this is there's a lot of talk about that for a guy that really does want to go back and just play against the bears and see if they can't stay you know kind of in the hunt so to speak
3: right uh fans are saying well what's what's the best thing that the team should do so they're thinking well hey let jordan love get four or five games experience let's get a look at this guy let's see what we got here uh, I think there's fans that are bought tickets to this game in Soldier Field that would probably rather see Aaron Rodgers play because they this, this is the plan. They don't see backups playing in the, in the game. Uh, the other thing is though, the, you you should be asking these teams always try to win games, not tank. Not this is not preseason here uh, in the first weekend of December. And so, what gives you the best chance to win? Now, some people might say after watching Jordan Love the other night. Maybe number ten is better than twelve. You know, a banged up Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jordan Love did just enough to make you want more (laughs) with his only ten snaps. So, you know, we asked Rodgers, "Should Jordan Love be allowed to play in the final five five games of the season?"
4: Look, I'd I'd love to finish the season out, and um, but I understand. You know, this is a business, and um, you know, there's a lot of us kind of older guys. who, you know, play a decent amount, who they might want to see some younger guys play. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to have that conversation. But if that conversation comes up, you know, I'll approach that with an open mind and, and uh, you know, without any bitterness or resentment. You know, obviously, like I said, I want to win out and then we don't have to have those conversations. But, um, you know, I, I understand if we don't, that that's a possibility to have that conversation.
0: The um, the fact that they, you know the last few games, Mike, at least we've seen a team that has fought. It's, I mean, it's not a team that's given up. I mean, certainly the defense at times looked to rather pathetic. But at least you're starting to see a little more offense, a little more excitement, a little more flow, a little more rhythm. Uh, but you're still, you know, this team was meant to win or at least win early, be up by a couple of scores, then have a defense pin their ears back and get after it. And you're finding yourself, as the Packers go, down early in these contests and then having to battle back.
3: Yeah, that's one of the things. Standing there talking to Rodgers, I'm thinking, what is this like for this guy to be in his shoes at these games as, as the quarterback? I remember Favre said that in his last few years. Like, you know, I'm tired of everybody thinking I'm supposed to put on some Superman cape and come from behind to win these games. It'd be nice if we were up every once in a while. And right. so there's Aaron Rodgers in Philadelphia looking at the scoreboard. They're not even out of the first quarter yet, and he's down 13 to nothing. With a younger team, a beat-up beat team, you know, he's got a young offensive line. Jalen Hurts has got a – we talked about this a month ago about how that Eagles offensive line, most of those guys are 28, 30, 32 years old. So I asked Rodgers that. I said, well, what do you think when you're standing there looking at the scoreboard and here you are – where it's the Buffalo game or now the Philadelphia game and you're down 13 to nothing. And, and, but I said, do you think your team is getting any better at battling back as the season has gone on?
4: I mean, maybe I think I always think in those situations, there's a lot of time left, a lot of ball left. Um, you know, obviously it, you know, maybe the urgency goes up a tad, but, uh, we were able to put together a good drive and score. And then after key had a nice return and then, fourth and one stop and next thing you know it's 14-13 so it's a whole different ball game so a good reminder for us you know, there's been certain games where we've only had three possessions in the first half and I think we had three or four possessions in the first quarter so we knew that game was kind of going to be like that even though they ran the ball a bunch and ate some clock um, we're going to have opportunities to go down and score. I felt, you know, we felt good offensively just the conversation in the huddle during the TV timeouts that you know, they, they hadn't really stopped us. We'd only stopped ourselves with a couple of silly uh, plays by me um, so Uh, We felt really confident, and, and I think that was good growth for us, but you see it doesn't really matter if you're not winning.
0: Um, Mike, the question, I thought it was really interesting. They were talking about the run game, and this continually comes up when you start to talk about the, the – because I know the thumb was an issue, so therefore he wasn't under center as much. They were running some out of shotgun, but there was also a question about the offense being better from under the gun because Aaron Rodgers is so good via play action, and you have to account for that and, and such. I, I know that came up a little bit this week.
3: I know that Aaron Rodgers, whether he's healthy or not, he likes to stand back there in the shotgun. It's fewer steps. He can get a better view of the field pre-snap, which is important to him. He just wants to stand back there in the shotgun and throw all night long. However, we know if you're running the little fur offense and you're trying to change the eyes on the linebackers, that starts with misdirection coming out from behind the center up when you're underneath the center. Here's the other thing, though. I thought this was a brilliant observation from Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel. He said, watch A.J. Dillon and some of those runs in the Eagles game. When Rodgers is in shotgun, it's like the, it's easier for those linebackers to key on Dillon. Dillon, unlike Aaron Jones, who just is a rocket, A.J. Dillon needs two, three steps to get going, that steamroller, before he can start just running over people. And so he noticed that when Aaron Rodgers is under center and has to come back, that gives A.J. AJ Dillon those two or three steps to get up to full steam when he hits the line. And, you know, this is where, when this offense has struggled this year, you got a first-year offensive coordinator in the NFL. It's not like he's been an offensive coordinator at college. A young guy in Adam Stanovich. he had been your offensive line coordinator. He's still got a young head coach. Are these guys seeing that? And Lafleur was asked that question. Wait, would it be better on the AJ Dillon runs that the quarterback is under center?
5: Yeah, no, and, and I think in instances, I, I think it's it's so dependent each and every week on who you're playing, you know, what the plan is in that regard. But um, certainly, I I've got confidence whether we're in the gun or under center with him. I do think there's probably some things he does a little bit better than others, just like most players. And that's our responsibility as coaches to try to get those guys in those situations so that they can really accentuate their strengths.
0: Let's do this. Uh, We're towards the bottom of the hour. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got Mike Clemens on board. We got a couple of segments yet to go. A lot of discussion. Packers Bears week. Reminder coming up immediately following the game on Sunday. Mike Clemens and I, we're going to be in Chicago. It is the Green and Gold Postgame Show live from the Shy Bar inside the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk Hotel down in Chicago. Come on by and say hello. It's the Green and Gold Postgame Show live immediately after every Packers game, but we're going to be live in Chicago this coming weekend. Stay tuned. We got more after this covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket.
5: This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a question. That's a hell of a question. We're not going to go down that road. So, um again, if I thought there was an issue there, then I then I would certainly we'd make the change, but we work as a staff and collectively we're we're all in this sucker together and you know, it's never just one person. It starts with myself, and then it goes to our assistant coaches, and then our players, and we're all in this together. And it, it's not just one person. I don't know. This is the, that was by far our worst tackling performance that I've seen here.
0: Um, he doesn't want to address it again. Will you fire Joe Barry? No, 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 no. Uh, maybe not in season, but man, oh, man. Um, there is a lot to talk about come after the season for Joe Barry and uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. We just heard from him a little while ago. Um, I, you know, you, you can't get past the tenacity. You can't get past what looked to be a beat down defense. The fact that just the fundamentals of tackling suddenly escaped them. And I know Joe Barry might kept going, well, you know, 50 attempts. I mean, as if to justify 22 missed tackles because they ran the ball so much, I, I wanted to gouge my eyes out at that point.
3: Matt LaFleur wanted to move on from Mike Pettin, and his first guy that he talked to was Jim Leonard from the Badgers. And Jim's wife loves their life in Sun Prairie, the family there, the university situation, and they opted to stay with Wisconsin. And it looked like, you know, he was going to get that head coaching job, but that changed. Great interview with Matt LaPay today, by the way. Appreciated that. Thank you. Uh, and so then LaFleur, he also talked to that guy that ended up going to the Broncos as defensive coordinator. So he called on Joe Berry, a guy that he'd worked with at Washington Redskins and the Rams. Now, you know, Joe, is, he's, he's had a, he's been up and down, but he's a dedicated football guy. When he first got to Green Bay, he was so much more warmer and made connections with the players. They were calling him Joe B. But you got into this season, and Jair Alexander seemed to want to freelance didn't understand what the scheme was against the Vikings. And now Joe Barry's also lost. He's lost his best pass rusher in Rashawn Gary. I saw Eric Stokes, his fastest corner, in a wheelchair yesterday at his locker because the right leg is all bandaged up after apparently some surgeries and those kinds of things. So, you know, he's lost some of those players, but it doesn't seem like the guy either makes corrections or seems to understand what uh, what adjustments teams are making on him. And so he was asked, he, this is the thing. Lafleur may say, Bill, well, we're not going to make any changes. But when I, when the head coach comes out five minutes later and says, you know, uh, yeah, we had 22 missed tackles in the game against the Eagles, a game that we had 10 days to prepare for after the mini buy after the Thursday night, uh, uh, you know, uh, Titans game. And so the reporter asked Joe Barry, I don't think I've ever seen a head coach say that a team had 22 missed tackles. Here's what Joe said.
6: Yeah, no, I mean there was a lot of uh I don't know if I've ever played a game that there was 50 runs, you know. So, um but it was uh it was it was and that's the thing it wasn't, you know, one guy, it was, you know, um it was everybody, you know, missing one, two, three. Um so it was just it was, it was a bad deal, and uh, you know that that's the the only thing that I know to do and what we do as a coaching staff here is that uh, you know we got right back to the fundamentals and the, and the details of it and uh, as we've talked about many times in here, um, both when we've been tackling well and you know when we have a poor performance tackling you know um, You just got to go back to the basics and the fundamentals in in practice and an individual. Um, As we've said, you know, you you don't tackle live um, at any point during the year other than, you know, Mm -hmm. the games that you play. So um, we try to create those scenarios for guys as best we can, try to create drills that are as as realistic. But, um, you know, you can't create anything realistic to, you know, Tackling Jalen Hurts until you know you got to go tackle him. So um, yeah, it was it was it was a bad deal. But you know we went back right back to work uh, this week and working on the details, working on keeping leverage on the ball, um, getting his – we talk about population to the ball, as many hats to the ball. Um, you know when you're dealing with a great player, if you do miss a tackle, you know you got that second, third, fourth, fifth guy there. Um, you know just relentless effort to the ball. So um, but yeah, it was it was. It was a, a bad display of tackling, no doubt
0: about it. Mike, it is beyond belief to me when he says you do not tackle in season. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I know there's only so many padded practices and hitting practices and that kind of stuff. I get it. But when you are that fundamentally inept, man, you, you got to figure something. I mean, I know he talks about drills. Well, there's nothing we can do until we're on the field. But there's got to be something that just – gives guys a different pep in their stuff and a different tenacity man that yeah wow the excuses for what they can't do is amazing
3: so i don't think a defensive coordinator bill in the national football league has to justify his job in a press conference but i and i and i don't think if he's got solutions he doesn't have to deal that card but this guy's not even pointing out the problems and and, and you know it's his mo at these press conferences to compliment everybody. He compliments all his players. He compliments the opposition. He, you know, talks about all of their great talents. And at the end of the day, if Bill Belichick only says yes and no at his press conferences, the fact is if he has a bad game, it gets fixed the next week. And I don't think anyone could say that the Packers defense seems to be fixing things or improving week after week regardless. They get they get flashes from Keyshawn Nixon and Rudy Ford, and that's great. So then here's the other question. It's just like, you know, what, as a defensive coordinator, forget about whether it's morale or effort or, and LaFleur says that these guys are in position pre snap. So what happens after the snap? I don't get it. But LaFleur was basically asked, you know, what do you think you could do better as a defensive coordinator in Green Bay?
4: When it goes this way for a defense with such high expectations, obviously a lot of responsibility right or wrong is put on the coordinator. We're not sure. behind the scenes, but I'm curious what, what you think have maybe been your shortcomings in this season or things that you might have done differently if you could go back and start the season again.
6: Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm an, I am a process-driven person, and one thing that you know about me is that it's, I'm, I'm all about consistency. Um, I'm going to show up exactly the same way every single day. Um, and I'm going to preach the things that I believe in. I'm going to bring energy every single day. Um, and the last thing that I'll ever do is second guess anything. Um, of course, there's sometimes that, you know, definitely throughout a, a, a game, for example, you wish you have a specific callback. Um, but as far as second guessing things, I'm not, I'm not wired or built that way. Um, I believe in this group still. Um, I believe in our process, the way we prepare. Um, and sometimes, you know, in a process, the, the results aren't going to be what you want. Um, and then you just got to go back to the drawing board, and you just got to work a little bit harder. You got to, you know, maybe stress a few things a little bit differently. Um, but as far as the, the the process and those things that I believe in, you know, that that's never wavered with me.
0: Um, the I guess the bright spot coming out of the Eagles game, Mike, is that uh, we continually see Kayshawn Nixon uh, become some kind of a return specialist and really more I, – I'm I, you and I talked about it last week, like, where was this guy? Why did they not know he was on the roster?
3: Five returns for 172 yards against the Eagles. He had one that was kind of muffed. And now here's the difference. Here's the point and counterpoint. You talk to Rich Passaccia, your special teams coordinator, and say, hey, you know, there was some great stuff there, but how come your guy – is returning some of those kicks five, six yards deep, and you hear you hear the coach and the head coach both explain. They give you an example. They don't give you the playbook, but they give an example on one play as to what their philosophy is. Here's Basaccia.
2: We do. We have some parameters going into the game. Now we got into that game, and you know we just felt like we were blocking them, blocking them pretty good, and thought we could help set our offense uh, in that situation in that game. And so we kind of we moved the parameters back a little bit. You know if you will but it's a learning curve for him as well you know i think we lined up way over to the one side on one and they dropped it in there over on the on the right you know so he's got to understand where to line up on on some of the different calls but um there are parameters going into the game they can change as the game goes on
5: we had a lot of confidence going into it i think rich told me we were going to be aggressive and i was, I was we were like go for it so yeah now our, our Our whole return unit did a great job of making their blocks and creating space. And then Keyshawn was was hitting the right holes. And so hopefully we'll get continue to get not too many more opportunities. But, you know, one a game would be great.
0: Well, you'd like to be able to say that that's going to be something that's consistent because at least special teams have come on and played better as the season has gone on, Mike, no doubt.
3: So the Bears, you know, even though they've depleted, they're rebuilding and they're giving up some players. Um, you know, Matt eber is a defensive coordinator from the Colts. He's their head coach. He brought in what he calls the HITS principle, the HITS principle, which stands for hustle, intensity, takeaways, and playing smart. But, you know, Justin uh, Jones is one of their defensive linemen, and he was talking about, so, you know, Rogers is out there with the, sh- the sh- sore ribs. Are you surprised that he's going to be in this game?
2: You no, that, that's not my problem, that's not my problem
1: And
3: you
2: know because you know Just to hit him, exactly So everybody, he, he know like I know Like y'all know, that's just what it is You gotta hit him and if, if, we, if we don't, it's going to be a long day. If we do, it's going to be in our favor. That's, that's, that's the plan. Are you excited that you're going to be playing Rodgers and Jordan Love? For sure. I'm, 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 I want him I want him to be out there. Okay. I, feel, I, feel, I feel like you can't play this game against Green Bay and not have a type of anger. You just got to remember what it was like taking that L back in uh, Lambeau Field. You got to remember that what that feeling was when we were walking off the field, going into our locker room, what the fans were saying, and chanting and laughing at us when we were walking in. You, you got to remember that. I don't forget
0: the uh, I know uh, I heard one of your reports earlier this week, Mike, with Cole Komet, uh, the tight end for the Bears, and that's a guy that's like, hey, he can you he know can us all he wants, but they they want they're they're circling this one man. They want to get back at Rodgers, no doubt.
3: They got nothing else to do. They're three and nine. The Packers are four and eight, and this might actually make turn up the heat on the rivalry. This is their Super Bowl, and Komet grows up in Arlington Heights, a Chicago suburb. As a Bears fan, he's living the dream as the tight end. He's articulate. I mean, if this guy ever gets a Super Bowl ring, he's the next Ditka down there, and he talked about the rivalry.
2: Yeah, I, I
4: think, you know, regardless, you can throw records out of the window for these type of games. You know, this is the biggest rivalry in the NFL, most historic. You know, obviously this game, I grew up watching this game, and this game means a lot to me. So regardless of wh- where either team is at in the season at this point, like this is a big game, and you, you feel that, you know, in the locker room regardless of, of the records of, of each team. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, and, you know, like you said, it's a good opportunity to to break a losing streak here and, and you know, kind of feel good about yourselves uh, going into the bye week.
0: Even for guys that aren't, you know, haven't been fully entrenched for years and years and years in this thing, they kind of get it. I mean, you, you some of the younger guys, they get it. Rivalries are rivalries. You're automatically kind of born into it when you come to a franchise.
3: Yeah, and that's what Alan Lazard had to say. You know, your Packers wide receiver, he grew up in Iowa, around the Des Moines, and he was asked, you know, Bears are 3-9, and Packers are 4-8. What do you think of the Bears-Packers game as a rivalry?
2: I think they're, they're super awesome, especially this one. The Packers-Bears is so historical, over 100 years. You know, the winner of this game will be the winningest franchise in NFL history. So there's a lot at stake. Um, you know, obviously there's still some hope for us and everything going into this game. Um, so we got got to go out there next week.
0: Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back, wrap things up with Mike Clemens. By the way, Justin Fields no uh, injury designation today, and he was a full participant in practice. He will play this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Another full segment to go. Right after this, covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Jordan Love. Here he is throwing in
0: the middle. It's caught by Watson. He's got great speed. Turning the corner. Christian Watson down the sideline.
2: And he will score. Whoa. Hang on. Love to Watson.
0: To a one score game.
1: take a lot of pride in my speed. I think that's a big part of my game. Uh, So, you know, anytime I can create a little bit of separation uh, and, you know, just get that edge, Uh,
0: obviously there's opportunity for big plays. Glad to have you back. A reminder, it's the Green and Gold Postgame Show live down in Chicago at the Sheridan Hotel and in the Shy Bar. I'm going to be there. Mike Clemens uh, down there as well. We're going to be at Soldier Field catching the Packers and the Bears and all the reaction coming afterwards live at the uh, Shy Bar inside the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk Hotel coming up on Sunday. It's the Green and Gold Postgame Show. Mike Clemens joining me now for the final segment of the program of the week. And uh, Mike, Christian Watson has certainly, I mean, getting the nod as the offensive player, the rookie offensive player of the uh, the month, uh, w- nice honor for him, man. I mean, well-deserved. It's like all of a sudden the switch flipped, you know?
3: Exactly. And I, I thought Aaron Rodgers made a great point the other day. He said, When's the last time you saw a guy just go from nothing to, to superstar? He said, you know, remember when James Starks flashed, you know, late in the season when they meet him in the Super Bowl year in a game, ironically, in mm-hmm. Philadelphia? Christian Watson has been very respectful, but in his shell for six months because of the uncertainty, the injuries. And they gets this award, and now he's had three good, good games in a row, and he's come out of his shell. And we asked him, you know, when you got that first touchdown, the 58-yarder against the Cowboys, and then you did the backflip uh, in the air, in midair, in the end zone, why did you turn back and look at all your other teammates first?
0: Uh, I mean, it was it was nothing crazy right there. I, I actually turned around just to make sure no one was behind me, so I could so I could do the backflip. I didn't want to do a backflip and have someone coming in, and uh, that would have that would have been bad. Uh, but I mean, it, when you when you're
2: in that situation, everything kind of slows down. So I mean, I was really kind of just you know the, obviously you know with the celebration, I was just soaking it, soaking it all in. Uh, I mean, uh, the, play, the plays happen so fast. Uh, everything is everything you know kind of slows down. And, you know, after the fact. Um, so, I mean, I was just soaking it all in.
4: I think that's called veteran savvy, right? Making sure you don't backflip.
2: <laughs> something, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, no, I definitely did not want to do a flip and land on somebody or, yeah, no, that would, that would have been bad.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, the minute he did it, I'm like, oh my God, don't get hurt. This is a guy coming back off of a lower body injury, man. I don't Don't pull anything. Don't strain anything. Don't snap anything. Oh my goodness, don't do that.
3: Smart kid. So, Bill, we're going to get a typical Packers Bears game. It'll be sloppy, but I think this one's going to be a brawl. And people think, you know, the, both these teams, what's in it? You know, the, the Bears are probably just going to be quitters. No, you know, the Bears are coming off a game at MetLife Field with another one of these turf fields where they lost two of their best players, Eddie Jackson with a foot injury, the safety, uh, Darnell Mooney, their best wide receiver. He's out with a knee, you know, for the rest of the season. Got to have some – or not, actually an ankle it needs to have surgery on it, and so you asked a veteran defensive back, DeAndre Houston Carson, about what, you know when you're three and nine, what, what are you playing for in this game?
2: My safety's coach, uh, Andre Curtis, he says a lot of times he doesn't like talking about winning and losing because you can't control that. You got to do the things conducive to winning, and so I find the process of that fun. Trying to work on my craft, I find fun. I find my teammates who I enjoy being around. Cause you know, at the end of the day, like this is life. It's bigger than football. You know, when I <clears throat> when we go and we pass, like who really cares about anything other than the impact you've made around you know people around you, right? Obviously, you want to do good. You want to excel in your job, but you know it's fun to be around people you love and try to build relationships. That's fun. And then the game of football is fun. You know, even you know win lose. There's something in there that you had a good time to hit somebody or you know, one of your teammates made a good play. You get to celebrate each other. That's fun.
0: Well, I know that uh, not only is it fun, but you're getting paid a lot of money to play it. And in addition to that, uh, it's a rivalry week. So, Mike, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Our trip down there is always a blast. And uh, we'll uh, be uh, joined uh, again on well, tomorrow at the hotel and then obviously uh, on Sunday for the Green and Gold Postgame Show.
3: So it looks like it's going to be Justin Fields against Aaron Rodgers. Bakhtiari didn't practice today, but let's hope that's just a rest. And, yeah, the, the the you know, the Bears have got some pretty good players in that defense. 93 is Justin Jones. Jack Sanborn is at uh, linebacker, 57. And the former backer, Mike Pinnell, he's out there for the Bears, too. I think we're going to get an interesting game on Sunday.
0: Mike, good stuff, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you.
3: See you in Chicago, Billy.
0: There you go. That's our buddy Mike Clements. Good stuff from him. And the next time you hear Mike and I together, we are going to be live. We're going to be in Chicago, inside the Shy Bar, Sheridan Hotel, Grand Sheridan Hotel Riverwalk in downtown Chicago. So if you see us walking around Chicago, come over and say hi. You know, we'll share Kevlar vest or something like that. It'd be good to go. <laughs> so hang in there. We'll be back at it again Sunday afternoon. Hopefully, you can join us right here. Until we talk again and until we see you downtown Chicago, time to have a going. Time to have maybe tip one back or two. Right, you know what I'm saying? Have a going. Slip. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.